second 10, right? So what does that mean? Well, it's our second 10 weeks of our series, Believe, okay? But before we start that this morning, here's what I'd like for you to do. If you're on the inside of the aisle, there's a clipboard there. I'd love for you to pass that down, but first sign it, okay? And then if you're a guest with us, we would love for you to grab one of those Connect cards there, fill that out, and then after the service, I'd love to meet you right back there at that orange table, okay? And we have a gift for you. Just want to say, hey, thanks for coming, and uh, just see if we can answer any questions for you, okay? But glad that you're here today as we're walking through this series. So last week, we talked about this idea of worship, okay? And we started this second 10 weeks, this idea of our beliefs, okay? The first 10 weeks, everything that we believe and think about God, okay? Now we're talking about that belief in action, Like, this is what it looks like now, so we've established what we believe, so now here's what it looks like in action, okay? And so last week, we talked about worship and this idea of what worship is, and so in that, we sang a lot of songs, so we worship through song. Now, there's multiple ways to worship, but I think there's there's an intentionality in the, the topics that we're going through, starting with worship. Okay? So everything we think about God fuels our worship, right? And so it fuels what we think about Him. And so in that, now as we move into this area of prayer, look, prayer in some sense is a form of worship, okay? And worshiping God Himself. But here's the thing. As we worship, it is, our, again, ourselves putting these beliefs in action, Right? Putting these things into action as we move forward. So over the next couple weeks, as we talk about prayers, we talk about Bible studies, we talk about being single-minded, all of that comes off of two foundations, this, the beliefs, but then also this idea of worship. Okay, And so today we're talking about this idea of prayer. So here's the thing. Why do we pray? Okay, Just to get your mind rolling today, why do we pray? And here's the thing, as I talked about before, it's based on what we believe about God and the God that we believe in. And prayer gives us this opportunity, ultimately, to communicate with Him, okay? Now, if we just look at the straight-up Webster's definition of prayer, okay, here it is. This is what it says. It says, a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. Now, the thing I found interesting about that definition is that even Webster's Dictionary says this is pointed towards God or an object of worship. Like, God that we believe in has been singled out even by Webster's Dictionary's definition of prayer. Okay, And so, a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. Now, here's the thing in like the simplest form that I can give you, okay? Here's what prayer is. Prayer is talking to and with God. Okay? Now, that seems pretty simple, right? seems pretty easy. And our key statement tells us a little bit more about what that looks like. All right? So here's our key statement for the week. I pray to God to know Him, to find direction for my life, and to lay my request before Him. Okay? So read through that again. I pray to God to know Him, to find direction for my life, and to lay my request before Him. Before him. Now, here's the question I want you to, to kind of ask yourself. What do you see in that statement? All right, because here's, here's something that kind of came out for me is that there is an opportunity for us to grow in and relate to Jesus more 
through communication with him and to hear from him. Okay, so what is prayer? Well, here's the first one, okay? This is how we build connection. We build connection through prayer, okay? So it's funny, you know, you talk to people and they say, well, you know, I really don't feel all that connected to God. Or they might say this, I don't know that I ever feel like I hear from God. And then you start having a conversation with that person and you say, okay, do you ever pray? Well, you know, uh, okay, do you ever spend time in the scripture? Well, not really, no, no. Okay, well, that's how you ultimately hear from God is, is, is through prayer and through study of his word, which we're going to be talking about next week, all right? And so people don't put these things in place, and then they wonder, why am I not hearing from God? Well, because prayer is our opportunity, again, to connect with him, all right? So here's, the, here's a great example. Like, if I don't communicate with my wife, it's going to be really hard for me ever to connect with my wife. In the same way with God himself, if I'm not communicating with him, that's going to be really hard for us to connect. Now, here's the other response that you sometimes get, okay? Well, I've tried prayer, and I feel like I just don't get anything out of it. So then I just give up. Like, I've tried that, but I just didn't get anything from it, okay? But here's what I want to offer some encouragement for you in this morning. Multiple times in Scripture we see... People laying requests before the Lord, and they have to wait. They have to wait for that answer, right? And so here's the thing for me. I believe that there are many people that have been right on the cusp of hearing from God or have been right on the cusp of great intimacy with God, and they just simply give up. Like, we have almost made it to this point, and then I haven't heard anything. No, no, look, there is a persistency that we'll see as we walk through this morning, okay? But it's an opportunity, again, for connection. So let's look at a, a, a scriptural example, okay? So David, a man who is named or labeled a man after God's own heart, okay? He wrote most of the Psalms, and in Psalm 25, he says this, okay? He says, make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. Now, Something I want you to notice here is there's a lot of you and your, and he's talking to God, okay? So make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your past. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. Now look here. I wait for you all day long, right? Like he has waiting in his prayer DNA almost. Like remember, Lord, your compassion and your faithful love, for they have existed from antiquity. Now antiquity, okay, fancy word for a long time ago, right? Okay, and so my eyes are always on the Lord for he will pull my, or excuse me, I'm reading the wrong scripture. Remember, Lord, your compassion and your faithful love for you have existed from antiquity. Now, here's the thing. Do you see the love that he has? Like the care that he has for his Lord, right? Like I want to hear from you. That's my desire. But look here in verse 12, what he says. He says, who is the man who fears the Lord? Now, that's a question. There's a question mark there, okay? Who is the man that fears the Lord? He will show him the way he should choose, and he will live a good life, and his descendants will inherit the land. But here, verse 14 is really what stands out for me, okay? The secret counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he reveals his covenant to them. 
My eyes are always on the Lord, for he will pull my feet out of the net. Now, here's the thing. David's saying, look, my eyes are focused on who? They're focused on the Lord. Why? Because there is this almost secret counsel of the Lord. If I am in intimacy with him, if I am in connection with him, he has something he wants to share with me. Now, this, this verse, this whole, actually this whole chapter, spoke a lot to us in our move to Kansas City. Okay, And this idea that if I am pursuing this thing the Lord has for me, but I don't have this level of intimacy with him, how am I going to be able to hear what he clearly wants me to know? Right? And there's this secret counsel, like this, this word that he wants to tell me, but I've got to be in an intimate connection with him to hear it. Like he wants to share that with me, okay? In the deep relationship of conversation and then the intimacy of conversation. Now, when I think about the conversations that I've had with the Lord, okay, I kind of wrote out a couple of different things. I've talked calmly with the Lord. I've yelled at the Lord, right? I've cried out to the Lord. I've wept before the Lord. I've asked why. I've asked how. I've been gracious. I've been thankful. I've been angry. Like all of these emotions have been stirred before the Lord. But here's the thing about conversation with the Lord. He is a big God and he is a God that can handle it. You're like, you yelled at the Lord. Yes. Like, why Lord? Right? Asking question, why Lord? Yes. But here's the thing. In that intimacy of connection, I have that opportunity to be real with him. Right? So we build connection. Next, we, we do this. We build communication, okay? Prayer, we build communication, thus leading to that connection. So here's, here's a question for you. How do we bring intimacy into our relationship with Jesus, okay? When I desire to bring intimacy into my relationship with my wife, we get away. Like, we get away from the crazy, Right? Like we have to even sometimes get away from our children. We have to get away from the daily grindings of life, right? We have to withdraw, if you will, and to get away. And here's the thing as we look at Jesus and his ministry, and even some of the scriptures that you read this week, what was Jesus' tendency? His tendency was to withdraw. Like he would go away. Now, Jesus had crowds following him. He had his disciples almost always with him. But he still was intentional on spending time to withdraw to be where? To be with the Father in prayer with him. Right? And to be in connection and communication with the Father. Now, here's the thing. Okay? Think about this for a moment. If Jesus himself, God in the flesh has to or needs to withdraw to go be with the Father, how much more do we ourselves need to step away and be with the Father? I mean, it's Jesus, and he's going, I need to do this. Like, I've got to step away to build my what? Intimacy and my relationship with my Father. Man, okay, then I I probably need to do the same, right? Right? I need to do the same. And so he can fill me up. Because here's what Jesus saw. That the source of his life and the source of his power and the source of what he was doing was only coming from the Father. And so he had to fill himself up. And if you go through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? You see multiple times Jesus withdraws 
And then on the other side of that, he spends time with the Lord. And then he goes out and he does something pretty awesome in some capacity. Like even before he calls all of his disciples, it says that he goes, he withdrew. And he spent time with the Father. I mean, that's some pretty important decisions, right? Picking 12 guys that you're going to do life with for three, or three years. Like that's a big deal, right? But he withdraws and he spends time with the Father. And then he goes and begins to select his disciples. There's days of of full healing, but what does he do first? He spends the morning in prayer, filling himself up in time with the Father. Over and over we see him do that to increase his intimacy and to increase his relationship, okay? Now here's the thing. Jesus had a great purpose, didn't he? Can we agree? Yeah? But look here. His greatest purpose was still intimacy with the Father. That was his greatest purpose. That was his greatest desire. He would often say, the one who sent me, right? Like, I need to spend time with the one who sent me, the Father who had sent him. Now, in that seclusion, again, what do we see? We see great great things on the other side. Okay, so now, what about this idea of, like, our direction and our request that we lay before the Lord, that we said in that statement? Okay? Like, what does that look like on a practical basis? Look here. Prayer is also this place that we find connection and direction for our lives. Okay? It's where we find connection and direction for our lives through what? Through this avenue of communication. Okay? So let me me break it down like this. In that intimacy, that intimacy that we have, that connection with the Father, that is where we hear the Lord. That's where we communicate with Him. And in that is one of the ways that He speaks to us, guides us, directs us, and transforms us. Right? Our connection to our communication to now our direction. Now, let's look how he puts that, or how Jesus puts that, okay, in Luke chapter 11. Let's turn there if you have your Bibles. He says this. He says, Then teaching them more about prayer. His disciples, which we're going to go back to the beginning of 11 here in a second. But then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose that he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this. Though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameful, or shameless, excuse me, shameful, shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who seeks, finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Now here's the thing from that that we see. Again, persistence being a key element in prayer. And you're like, okay, well, here's the thing, Ray. Like, I've, I've been praying for this same thing for, for a year. I've been praying for the same thing for two years, three years. And I haven't seen an answer. But here's what we've got to find is that we've got to trust in the Lord, right? He is a sovereign God and that His plan is greater than ours. Now, I was thinking through this, like, from a personal standpoint, okay? In my prayers and in my persistence, it's funny 
How like if I have something that is ahead of me that I know is coming, it builds almost this excitement and anticipation. Right? Like, hey, I've got this big trip before me, or I've got this certain thing happening on this date, and I know it's coming, right? I know it's coming, and so you just get so excited about it. And then, like, the day gets there, and you're like, yes, here it is. That was amazing. But then when I come into my prayer life, and I'm hoping and expecting that the Lord will do something, what happens? I go the complete opposite direction. I get fearful. I get anxious and I get nervous, like, Lord, you haven't taken care of this yet. He's going, no, no, I have it for you, right? It's there, but be persistent in it. So, when it comes to prayer and my waiting and my need for persistence, look, I get fearful. I get anxious, but look, he is a sovereign God, right? Can we agree with that? He's a sovereign God who knows the steps and the path for my life, and he has something for me in my persistence. Paul often writes to the churches that he writes in Ephesians, Corinthians, Galatians, like he says, look guys, like I am praying unceasingly for X, Y, or Z. I'm praying ceasingly for that. I'm praying that you will, will continue to pursue the Father. Like I'm, I'm praying for you in that so that you will see the results of it. Like he lays it out. Look, Jesus lays it out. He lays it out for us as well, okay? And so our final thing here, We build connection, we build communication. The next one in prayer, we build confidence, okay? We build confidence and truth and trust. So look here. At the beginning of Luke chapter 11, okay, the disciples, Jesus is just withdrawn as we just talked about, okay? He comes to his disciples and his disciples are like, okay, you got to teach us to pray. Like show us how to pray. Now, here's the funny thing. These guys have been with Jesus for a while at this point. Like, this wasn't day two, and they're like, okay, you got to teach us to pray. Like, they've been with Jesus for a while. And then they come to Jesus, and they say, teach us to pray. Like, we want to know what you're doing, what you have. Like, we want to see that. And then this is what he tells them, okay, in Luke chapter 11, and also in Matthew chapter 6. Now, here's the thing. Two guys, same place, right? When Jesus is teaching this to the disciples, Matthew and Luke are there, okay? And he's teaching them this, and so they both record it. So in Luke 11, and then Matthew chapter 6, and we're actually going to jump over to Matthew chapter 6, and that that account, okay? And here's what it says in verse 9 of Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, you should pray like this, okay? Our Father in heaven, your name. Be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now he lays that out for them. And you may have heard that before, known as the Lord's Prayer, right? And it's something that maybe we even repeat often. But here's the thing. Jesus was good with words, right? Jesus was good with words, and he's saying more than just simply, hey, here's an easy prayer for you to follow. Look what he's saying is we're going to kind of break this down, okay? If you're keeping notes, here's the first one. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, okay? Look here. He's talking about the Father's character, 
who he is. He is a mighty, powerful God who deserves to be honored as holy. What does holy mean? Set apart. Right? He is a God that is set apart. And there's a reason that that's the first line of this prayer. Because of what we believe about God. Right? That he is holy and set apart. So our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. It almost gives us the scale of the Lord that we're praying to. Right? Like, oh, he is a, he is a big God. He is holy and set apart. Okay? Then, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It tells us about the Father's kingdom. Like Jesus often said, my desire is that the kingdom will come, right? And so look here. This is saying we desire the things of heaven to be here on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on where? Earth as it is in heaven. Right? He's laying it out. Look, this is what we desire. The next one, give us today our daily bread. It shows us the Father's provision. So we have this grand, huge God who provides and cares for you. He brings provision on a daily basis. He brings that provision for you. Then look, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now look here, he's talking about two things here. The Father's forgiveness and then your heart towards forgiveness. Forgiving as though we have been forgiven. Like that's a big one, right? Because though we were so sinners, what? Christ died for us. He forgave us, gives us forgiveness, and continues to love us. So forgive us as we also will forgive those against us, okay? Then look, and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's talking about the Father's protection for your life. His protection and care for your life. Now, let's look at that one more time from the standpoint of like kind of a personal, okay? A little bit of a poke, a little bit of a prod here, all right? So, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. So my question to you, do you worship God with that level of respect? Do you come before him in prayer with that level of honor? Then your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, what areas of your life are you bringing kingdom to the people around you? Right. We talk about kingdom a lot here at New City. The idea of of making the places you go better. Right? Bringing Christ into the conversation in those places that you are. So then, give us today our daily bread. So here's my question for you. How are you trusting God with those daily provisions He's giving you? Like, how are you trusting Him in those things? And then, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Okay, so who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to go to and ask for forgiveness? Like, why would I do that? Because you've been forgiven, right? And so how can you step into that? And then lastly, and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. My final question for you today, who is leading your life? Right? Who is leading your life? Is is God leading your life? Or are you simply leading your life? Because here's what happens. 
that then comes into your prayer life. Because if you have that communication and you have that connection and you have that confidence, then your prayers are going to be in, in rhythm, if you will, with the Father. And that intimacy that is built, right, will bring the things that He so desires for your life. But the hard thing in that is that we have to lay aside our desires. But that's the power that comes from prayer, is that connection that is with Him. Okay? So we're going to spend a few minutes here in a few minutes, praying as a group, praying and laying some requests before God Himself, okay? But that'll be here in just a moment. So let me pray for us. Father.